Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, it's the NFL Draft Pod finally, and we continue our run of electric guests. Uh, people didn't believe Link Calhoun was a real person. He's a real person, and he gave out winners all you know all across the uh, the Masters. So hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. Uh, similarly, we get to prove that the Vegas refund also a real person. Uh, so for the first time ever, uh, our old friend, probably one of our oldest friends in the space. I think we've been chatting. He's not even that old. Our, well, no, I just meant like as far as a, a you know connection. Um, I think we've been chatting with VR in the uh, Twitter DMs since I'm just going to say off the top of my head, 2016, I think 2016. Uh, he was, was one of my uh, first uh, really, follows on my yeah. old account, my old before I was, oh, okay. this was my, this Andy MSFW is my burner, okay. my official, you know, Twitter account that I opened forever and ever ago. I followed this guy who's giving out weird soccer picks. Yeah. So we've known him now ago. for, uh, we've known him now for six years Long time. Uh, and uh, without further ado, welcome to the deep dive podcast, Mr. Vegas refund. Thank you guys. I mean, we have met in person, and I think it was four years ago. You asked me to come on the podcast. I was like, "No, I'm totally never <laughs> like totally anonymous. Like, I'm gonna keep it that way forever. But if I ever do, like, I promise deep diving. Here we you are. You did. You know you what? Did. All you can say about honoring your promise: loyalty. We Hashtag appreciate loyal. that. We appreciate that. Um, and uh, I guess there are a few people that I have great respect for who handicapped the NFL and the NFL draft, but you're at the top of the list. This, I feel like this takes over kind of your, uh, your first, second and third favorite things going on in the world in the spring. Um, is that a fair characterization? And uh, in general, uh, you know, what is some of your experience betting the draft? It is, it is a total rabbit hole. I mean, once the, it's like, once the Super Bowl ends, we're into like college basketball and like it's 50, 50. And then once like the championship ended, it's like little sleep. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Then you just roll into NBA draft after this, which honestly, like you have to, because there's so much stuff coming in. Lines are popping out without any notice. There's, and it's just so much fun too. Like football ends and you want to be like, de you're like depressed, but like the NFL draft is the best leeway. Yeah. It sits there like, you know, what, what are we going to say? Almost May. So all of February, all of March, almost all of April. You have like not quite three months, like, you know, 10 weeks. You have that 10-week gap. And, you know, obviously we have group chats and there's one specifically for the draft every year. And it turns from like there's there's a cycle to that group chat. It's like everybody bitching and moaning about like the only thing up is you know, like first who's overall. going first overall. That's because mm. that's how the cycle starts. It's just, there's a first overall market. You can bet some of that during the college football year. I had a Jacob Eason first overall bet like a long time ago, did not come through, but then, but then like you start to get, you know, the nibbles, like somebody will offer second overall or somebody offered, you know, first quarterback or something like that. And, and everyone just gets so excited because there's like one more bet. And then it just, and then there's just an avalanche for like the month before the draft and it gets to be overwhelming. Now there's like, there are 
uh, Fanduel's letting people parlay things of like uh, it goes back to like our make the cut parlays. There's a <laughs> bunch of you can parlay like players to be in the first round. So there's some negative correlation, but I still think there's ways to attack things they let you do like that. And yeah, the last few weeks have just been a mess, especially yeah. when news starts trickling in. Yeah, I we'll we'll circle back on some of the parlay stuff because I have a couple of th- uh, thoughts on I that do. that might uh, and, and particularly some positively correlated that may seem negatively correlated. Uh, I, and you I, exactly. I, I think I know so where we'll, you're going with. Because okay. If, well, I, if I have one goes, in mind. In particular. If a pick goes one way, yeah, another team then, might be more, yeah. more likely to go a different guy way. Guy moves so, up the queue, right? Because yeah, of fill in need, right? Okay. I think so, you're honest. Um, but let's introduce you a little bit more completely to the audience here. Mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, people... Probably, unless you're, you know, you know, unless you're really deep into the weeds of gambling Twitter, you may not have heard of uh, Vegas Refund. Um, you know, what what is some of the background behind this account, and uh, you know, just in general, your um, your perspective on uh, gambling Twitter? So, is like I'm definitely someone that like needs something that they're like fully into at all times, where. Like it was like 2016, I was like literally like hating the job that I was currently working at. And I needed something to like just basically like grab my attention. And the sports betting, like Twitter, like kind of like grabbed my attention in terms of like being a good idea. And I actually started with a buddy. And our initial plan was let's start a Twitter, let's put some picks out. And when we hit a thousand followers, let's like start selling picks. I was like, all right, let's fucking do it. Like, sick. So we did it and like he ended up like falling off and it like just really was just all me. We were like hit a thousand and I I was having so much fun doing it. Like with the group chats, everything on the back end, and like a thousand turned into like two thousand and then they just started like snowballing in. I was like, F this, like I'm not selling picks. That would like completely ruin everything. Where it has just become like a hobby to me, where I never want it to be anything more than a hobby because that's when I like really messes up your judgment, it comes a job, sacrifice things in real life that you don't want to. Um, but literally I was just sitting on the couch, like signing up for Twitter and the H&R block, let's get your billions back America. Commercial <laughs> pops off is like, Vegas refund, that actually kind of makes sense. I actually don't really even know what it even equals, but yeah. <laughs> yeah that was, yeah, we did one of the places we've, and this is where Drew got to meet you the first time. Me too, and myself too. But we, the first place we met you was in Vegas. And when we were planning that, you're like, "Yeah, I've never been there." Like, it's your name. <laughs> it's your name. That throws me up. Yeah. That throws, yeah, East, that throws me up a wall for like two weeks. But I mean, we had a good time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, um, it has been the best, and like. I enjoy everything about it. Like the network on the back end is like the most value, I think, of the entire thing that like is almost like priceless. But um, yeah, I'm never selling picks ever. Just an FYI. I love it, man. Um, well, since you are, in my opinion, at least a, a bona fide expert in terms of like um, just evaluating the the entertainment side of the draft. How do you know what is your kind of macro thought on this year's general cycle? You know, you can take this in any direction, like it's been profit, you know, already profitable, more difficult for fun because it's more challenging. 
um, you know, just you know, a little bit of a disappointment because of the offering, you know, what is some of the uh, just general macro thoughts you've had on the uh, 2022 cycle? So in January, I had Evan Neal for like, this is like the number one pick process where like January had Evan Neal at like nine to one. I was like, oh, this is a surefire winner. Like we are good. Like the <laughs> odds are dropping. And then like the icky news came out and like I hopped on icky just because I had to at like, it was like five to one. And that seemed like a surefire winner. And then all of a sudden like free agency hits and Greg Robinson gets tagged who apparently is like this all-star, or excuse me, like all pro tackle in their eyes and now Hutchinson's the favorite where like it is like kind of a cliche at this point because everyone is just stating it like a chaos of like a top 10 where no one has any idea what's going to happen but like they're really there's no elite quarterback it is definitely more of a down draft year where every team could have a different opinion on so many different players where we really have no idea. I mean, I, everyone wants to trade. Everyone's like, oh, there's going to be trades. Like, literally any team would love to make a trade. But, like, they just never happen, honestly. Um, somebody tweeted that. He said – somebody said, like, if you put trades in your mock draft, basically, like, fuck you. Like, don't do that. Because nobody can – The worst. That. Yeah, it is the worst way to do a mock draft. Like, it, it's it's so unpredictable. And, like, there, yeah, there's a lot of teams that would love to get some offers. And it, it's kind of like betting. Like, you know, would I – would I bet, you know, I drew to beat Usain Bolt in a race? No, but I mean, there's a price. There's a certain, <laughs> like, at a certain price, yeah. He, yeah, could, like, yeah. he could trip, you know. You give yeah. me a million to one, I might put 10 bucks on that. Like, like it's the what, same, you know, it's the same thing with that. And, I mean, I like what you said with the surefire quarterback. I've been thinking a lot about that. And I, I don't know, maybe you can think of a third one. But it feels like there's two kinds of drafts. There's the one where it's like everybody knows who's going first maybe even second at that point, like last year. And then this year where it's like, there's going to be seven guys throughout the course of like January through April that are like, this guy's probably going first. And it just turns into this weird cycle where you have a, now you have a big old portfolio. If you go back to, yeah, yeah, you're good. I think the year, the year, the Blake Bortles year is like the one that popped into my head the most. It was like Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel was getting all the hype. There's another guy, right? Like, Bortles went like fifth to the Jags or something like that. We're like, Bortles would never go that high in any other draft. <laughs> we don't need to board a slander here, but I agree with you. Um, but yeah, no, that's a very fair point. Uh, there were even times during the college regular season where Thibodeau was like minus 125. Uh, Hutchinson, I think, finished the season, regular season, as the favorite before we knew the Jags were going to pick number one and it flipped to uh, offensive tackle. Um, but yeah, now we sit here now and we are a week away. Um, and the market seems to think it's 50, 50 ish between, uh, Hutchison and Walker. And we'll come back to that, but we'll put a pin in it for now. Yeah, damn right. Um, and I mean, that's a good point too. There's always that one guy, whoever is chalk, like during the season, never. during the NFL season that happened, like that guy ends up going first, what, like once a decade. Trevor Lawrence is a good yeah, example. T, T yeah. Law was like the only one I could Burrow think of. Burrow was not expected. Burrow, to be no, there first was overall. Burrow was never uh, like there was like, and I, you're, I mean you're right. Thibodeau, Thibodeau was if you bet in September in the first markets, like Thibodeau was for sure your favorite. There were places, I mean, a few years ago that had um, 
the the defensive end from Houston was super high in a lot of places. Like there's always these weird, you know, these weird prices on some players. And you're so far out. These guys have to play a whole season yet. So, and the the tank, yeah, tank for Tua, tank for Tua was full on a thing. And and then what Tua go fifth, fifth fifth overall, fourth. I couldn't think fourth or fifth. So should have went to, but. Let's be on the point. Yeah, Baker. Baker was nowhere. The guy wasn't even – he wasn't on the radar. He wasn't even in the room. Like, that was a weird one. That's, oh, that's happened a few times with Oklahoma, though. That's true. Um, okay, so having done this process and seen different types of drafts, which I think is pretty valuable, um, you must have kind of adapted your process to handicapping uh, to kind of suit the conditions. Is that a fair statement? Be fair. Okay. And this, I guess, what uh, of the last handful of years where you maybe you get over a little overextended on your portfolio, as Patrick is mentioning, which yeah. has happened to me. I think it happens to all of us. Um, you know, what are some of the most valuable lessons learned uh, over the years in terms of just how you construct an overall, this is what I bet on draft day? So I think the, if you ask anyone that's been in the draft, like I, at this point, it is cliche to say like, your personal bias should not be influencing what you're betting, which is 1 billion percent true. But I want to say two years ago, like the best lesson that I learned from actually just losing was I had too many bets within like the top 10 where I had like, I think I had like five or six over unders that all were like under 10, under 11, under nine, where I literally needed like to predict the top 10 perfectly in order for like all of them to hit or after that i've like totally stayed away from having like top 10s like two or three where i think i have like two right now which is like plenty for me and we've we've made that joke for years after i mean we all ended up in that boat one way or the other it's like I need there to be 15 picks in the top 10 at this point. Like yeah. we, that's kind of where we all ended up there one time where it's well, like, it could have been very did, easy to do that happen? this year too. Oh, yeah. for sure. There was a lot and, and, uh, and vice versa. Like um, uh, it is this, I guess, I guess, as I step back and look at it, this year's draft had the most single player swing about where they could land. Right. Like a guy like Thibodeau, who was expected to be number one overall, had a terrible interviews or whatever happened in the combine, fell to like he was in free fall. People were like, he might not go in the top 10. Like that was a very, very well, you know, broadly held opinion um, for a while there. And then lo and behold, there, there's steam yesterday that he's going to go number two overall. Steam yeah. today still that he's going to go number two overall. And like, you know, for that, degree of uh of oscillation is wild for a market that's largely information because usually it's usually the opposite usually there's one way with the direction of these things like somebody gets hot or somebody you know is connected i guess hamilton is maybe the is the norm right, right. a guy like hamilton is mocked too high once everybody kind of realizes that he starts to fall and he's never coming back like there's literally like no bottom for a guy like hamilton is that fair I mean, running a four seven really didn't help him, but uh, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, the other thing, like, which is like piggybacking off of that, where I started like the draft stuff earlier than I ever had this year, where I my first draft bet last season was April eighth, and as of like April eighth, I think I had like seven this year, where 
like Thibodeau in London. I Thibodeau, I'm like kind of like if that wins, I'm gonna be like pumped, and that's like house money at this point. Where London, I'm like losing hope for progressively as the days go on. But like free agency was just such like making bets before free agency, I had never done, which I will never do again. Aha! Uh-huh. Yes, good good lesson learned. Um, I like the other idea though too of like you you do have to. Um, be way cautious early in the process in terms of how much you're filling up your expunders at the top of the draft because they are all negatively correlated. Like you got, hopefully all the listeners already get that. Um, but for everyone that go and, and honestly, they're negatively correlated and they're super fragile, right? Yeah. You remember the year that uh, the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell in four overall? Like, it's like literally you, no one could have predicted. Yeah, no one, no one predicted that. And honestly, if there is a support, a total blindside surprise in the top four of this year's draft, which honestly there could be, like you know, we don't really know what there's, what there's we have no idea what Houston's going to do. Houston needs no. everything; they could go anywhere. Like if Houston takes a Cleveland Farrell type of swing on some player, we don't see it. Like if you had ten players that you were sure were going to go top ten, and you needed them all to go top ten, and Cleveland Farrell gets picked fourth, guess what? Like totally that screws everything. Yeah, <laughs> all one, goes one is losing, and then yeah. probably more than that. And I, I think I've run into that a lot with these. Over under bets, yeah. The Raiders don't have a first rounder this year. It does make us a little safer, but <laughs> we we have teams like the Texans where we don't know what they're going to do. A lot of the draft conversations we've had on this podcast the last few years have centered around like, hey, we have a known quantity in this GM. We know this guy isn't someone who trades. We know this guy. I brought this up with producer Dan earlier this today. It was like uh, the the uh, Pittsburgh thing. Like just they, everyone knew yeah. they, they weren't. It wasn't a smoke screen. Like they were just going to take a running back. And then the nobody's mock changed for like three months. That pick was just just as locked as Trevor. And like some people, Stingley. yeah, it was it was silly. And yeah, Stingley, Stingley going too high would be the the move. But like we have we have the Texans where you don't know what the fuck that organization is going to do because they don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Atlanta has new management. Carolina has questionable management like there's a lot of gms that are in the top 15 that scare me with this draft and usually i'm not scared until i get to like these hey this is an under 35 kind of pick where there's always like six guys that go 20th to like 30th they're like man really like i didn't i I didn't think that was happening quite yet i didn't think that was going to happen quite yet and then all of a sudden people and people just have to drop that's how it works and like the personal bias you need to put aside, but at the same time, like there are certain guys that like everything for me is like pointing towards like betting the over right now, like Jordan Davis, where like everything is telling me to bet the over on him, but he's just like such a polarizing wild card that I would not be shocked if he went top 10 easily. Yeah. Like those are the, there's like two or three of them. We're like Wyatt, like I'm on the wide over was probably the worst over under I think I've ever seen set. But, like, the fact that they set it there, like, he's also, like, I could see him sneaking. Like, it's just, there are guys you just have to avoid, which I clearly didn't avoid wide. But, yeah, I didn't um, even bring up the Seahawks. A worse, there's a worse over-under. The chat's under. bringing up the Seahawks. There's a worse over-under. Leatherwood? And, and, and uh, Leatherwood was bad, yeah. No, there's a there's a worse one. <sighs> that was um, another one. You, I, Andy, Andy's going to remember this well. VR may, may also. Um, and this is how bad the draft, the draft props 
like process, it's gotten sharper. It definitely yeah, has. It, it used to be before. Are, are you going to bring up the Irish one? Notre Dame, yeah. over one uh, and a half players in round one for Notre they just Dame. Kept, the, they year that kept they had, the year that they had the best offensive uh, lineman in in um uh was the kid from you know Indianapolis McKinley uh, McKinley yeah and they had yeah McClinchy. uh Mc, yeah McGlinchley uh, and Quinnen uh no. I can't we think of this kid's name we're too far out from this I season, know but. the guard um god damn he's the best guard in football practically Mason no uh it's killing me here um someone but, in the yeah, chat they had uh <laughs> they had they had the two best offensive linemen in the entire draft. And Quentin, Nelson. Over, Quentin Nelson, thank Quentin. you. Their over under was set at one and a half, and it was flat on the open. And like literally bet that to minus twelve hundred by draft day, and I was still sad I didn't have more on it. Yeah, you got me out of that. <laughs> so you, and that's like another lesson. You totally. I think that's like the most what, top three I've ever had on something. We're like minus five hundred, but it really should be like minus infinity. We're like, yeah, you're only yeah. gonna get that in the draft. Like, yeah. Do you remember the the bet online live betting when they were doing they were oh, offering yeah. that up too? Oh, I hope they do it again. We should. They do were a offering live show up off- they basically yeah. all they were doing was offensive or defensive player, and we're sitting there betting minus seven hundreds because yeah. like well they're they getting be resolved 10, quick, so yeah. you could really dump. Yeah, yeah, that was fun as hell. Um, if they do that again, I'll definitely live stream it. Uh, that would be that would be a ton of fun, um, but yeah, no. There's there's been some bad prices in years past. It's gotten better for sure, um, and but at the same time, like in general, they um, they have they've gotten more conservative. I feel like like the general. My biggest complaint probably about this whole cycle, and I don't think it's my tolerance risk tolerance for how much i'm trying to get down anymore i think this is generally broadly true like there's less interest in taking uh decent sized bets early this year and it must have been must have had to do with you know they they could not have gone well for them the last couple of cycles um you know that and and maybe two years ago was unique maybe you know two years ago was during the pandemic where we had no other sports to bet on and I feel like anyone would write you anything you wanted of any size on any player because they were like, and you know, love to get handle right now. We're starving. Um, but uh, you know, that now the, the outside of the number one overall pick, um, the best you can do in the offshore space is get two win three K on two markets. <laughs> like that's yeah. rough. The best you can do at bet online right now is two win a hundred on some of these totals. Um, I mean, you know. but like circa, like circa last year had like I think like a hundred. We're like, yeah, I actually literally that's yeah. how many they had a hundred. It was awesome. And like they pride <laughs> themselves on like we'll take a thousand dollar bets on like everything, etc. Where I DM'd them asking when they're coming out, and it's next Monday, but they're only coming out with thirty two. Thirty two of runners or DraftKings has thirty eight right now because they literally must have taken an absolute bath from them last year like if you yeah if you really like draft content you should go back and listen to our podcast from last year with dylan because it was like the (laughs) week after they hung those and it was literally you hit it vr it it was literally 100 they said go pick 100 guys set totals for them and they put them up and it said thousand dollar no double pops rebats after we move it and they said like dylan said there's a couple of these that I've had to move a lot. Like these, it was the quarterbacks that stuck out, like Mond and uh, oh God, who's our guy down in uh, 
uh, Houston. Mills, Davis. Mil- Mills. Mills. I think Mil- I think I think Mills and Mond were like they got moved, you know, like twenty some spots or something right away just because they got hammered to the under. And, and he's the- like, I, he's like, I think we're just gonna lose. Like, I think at yeah. the end of the day, we're just gonna lose money on this. And these guys betting them are like sharp bettors. Were like, they're gonna go for the middles. Like, it's not just someone oh, yeah. that like bought like betting one side and the line moves and they're gonna sit on it. Like these guys are coming back that they're mm-hmm. gonna hit, which I don't even bet circa because I don't live in Vegas or like Caesars. Like I had thought they were waiting to post theirs because of Circa because which was William Hill last year where yeah. when Circa put out their hundred like William Hill literally just like copy and pasted theirs. <laughs> which is a little concerning that we're not gonna get uh, just like fifty. Like fifty's good. Just let's get into the 30s and the 40s. Yeah, liquidity is still tight. I don't have as much as I would like to get down in the draft for at this moment with the week away. Um, but that may be fine because there are still a bunch of these numbers that I think are soft. Uh, and we'll get to some props that we like and some particular looks in a little bit here. Um, but before we get there, I want to know a little bit more about your process and particularly for this year. There are obviously different things that feed into how you think uh, a certain player is being viewed by the draft body at large versus teams that fall in love with the guy versus, uh, you know, teams that just have a glaring need. And like, it's probably going to be blank because they need someone that badly. Um, You know, how would you go about uh, just kind of waiting the different types of information that you feed into your personal handicap? If I, you know, categorize them as like expert opinion, team need, or uh, just like true information. So that Google Doc that I post on Twitter—that's like literally like my secret sauce. Where like I have the odds, and I have my own version of grinding the mocks. Where I'm like manually updating everything, which like I know I could probably connect it to some feed and get everything like automatic. But like being able to like update it myself like keeps me on top of literally everything. Where I was very reliant on grinding the mocks last year for the NFL. It does get frustrating because it only updates once a week and like literally they go stale within <laughs> like 48 hours. Um, and then the NBA draft happened and there's no grinding the mocks type platform for that. So I was manually just doing the same thing, which once I started doing it manually, be able to like handpick the mocks that I wanted to include, it like changed the game for me. Where Yeah, mine, mine is missing from there now. Yeah, because yours is stale. <laughs> no, I, I haven't put it out yet. Mine comes out the th- uh, mine comes out the Thursday of the draft, but maybe maybe earlier this year. Uh, I, was I do I do like time. I do like your culling process. Like you, if you scroll over here, Drew, you can see like who you know. These are the odds from all the books and out there in the uh, go to the, the, consensus the swamps tab. of Jersey. Yeah, like yeah, that's, the, yeah, you can see all the all the you know you have McChrystal Schrager, you have all the guys there, and go to the ratings tab. Some guys got dropped. There's some people. <laughs> there's some people who didn't make the cut anymore. So like, these are like oh, the man. two. These are like the two mock drafts that like grade everyone after the fact, which like I'm just handpicking like the best of the best in each from each and putting them into the sauce. I guess you could say. Um, I like but, it, but two weeks out, it's like a two week cutoff where like Brinson is like extremely stale right now. He needs a new one. He got cut. <laughs> um, cut. Yeah. So we cancel him if it's uh two weeks or later. Brinson's toss. It's crazy. Like Walter football, 
those guys do kind of do decent at draft draft mocks for having the yeah. the I mean the record for Worst draft mocks and for most pop up ads that somehow blockers can't even find like they've they've worked around pop up blockers somehow. those guys are those guys are playing six D chess as far as uh, banner ads dude I went on it today and like I. Typed in and hit enter, and it had a screen takeover ad. Like, literally took – I've never seen anything like it. It was the most – it was – I almost like, have to credit them. Like, literally took over the entire screen. Like, I thought I was on another website. And then you just click X, so I'm back at this 1990s website. Um, I like how you can kind of see some trends as you look across as we go through time and guys rise and fall. That's pretty oh, cool. Go to the um, consensus tracker. Yeah. Next one Consensus over. tracker. Oh, this is great, man. Oh, yeah. You even got the spark line. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Um, so Aiden Hutchinson losing a little steam here. He was solidly 1.0, 1.0, 1.0 uh, through the months of March. Uh -oh. And then for whatever reason, April rolls around and he starts to slide a little bit. Um, now, you know, we. Uh, uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, that's my favorite tab. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, we will uh, will we will keep our sources. Um, uh, we will keep our sources quiet here. Um, but there was some Trayvon Walker news that may have influenced some bets that were made. Um, and if I look specifically at your pending bets, I'm going to guess you have uh, one of those in your pocket as well, where Aiden Hutchinson over one and a half, you got plus two twenty five. Um, Talk me through how you get information like that and how you weave it into this process. So it's very, it's like similar to my, like for everything betting, where like, it's kind of the beauty of betting where like everyone has their own process and there's no wrong way to do it. Where for me, it's like a progressive, like informational, like absorption where the more I take in and like, it's almost like a light bulb moment where like I get to the point where it's like a tipping point that like, I just, it happens to be a bet where like everyone, others will look for X percentage of an edge. Um, and with between like the group chats that we have, just all the information that's coming out, which the NFL draft has the most by far, which is the struggle with the NBA draft. Cause there's like one fourth of the amount. Um, but it's really kind of just like that Trayvon Walker, which we've had twofold situations where it was like one really positive, one really negative where, Walker going number one would be like buying an island. Awesome. Um, <laughs> it's going to happen. It, it has to happen. It's going to happen, which I put out Hutchinson over one and a half because, like, that was like the safest angle that I could like put into sure. like. Sure. But it just, it's not going to be Hutchinson. Well, I think be. that was actually a sharp one too because what, you know, we, with, we don't have to worry about revealing our sources on this one because it's widely available now. But, the report was pretty well corroborated that Balky likes Walker, the defensive coordinators and coaches like Hutchison, and Peterson likes Icky. And so you start with, okay, there are three voices in the room. Owner's going to have to make this decision ultimately because it's the first overall pick probably. Um, and you were holding those, just holding that information in hand. I mean, Peterson's opinion matters. He wants Icky. Balky's opinion matters. He wants Walker. Why in the world wouldn't you fire Hutchinson over one and a half at plus two twenty five? Is that kind of? I mean yeah. that that seems like a simple way to kind of 
uh, you know, to frame it. Is that fair? Yeah, like kind of actually, it does kind of become like a personal bias for like, I don't think anyone thinks it's smart for them to take an edge and everyone wants them to take a, a tackle, which it looks like it's not happening. Um, but at the same time, like Hutchinson's just not like the surefire, like number one pick where over one and a half, you can get your, I guess you could say personal bias with the two guys that were the favorites to be the number one, but not too long ago. Plus Trayvon Walker, who's this like absolute specimen. Um, uh, go go to go back to the consensus tracker, Drew, if you could for a second. It's sure. funny too; like you can see things happening. Like uh, your you know what your your cursor landed in the perfect spot. Kenny Pickett between three twenty eight and three twenty one. That's kind of where the combine happened. <laughs> Like, that's that's where that that's was where the they measured weeks. his hands. Yeah, yeah. That, that, those were the two weeks <laughs> that we talked about his hand size, and all of a sudden mock drafts had him ten spots lower. It's uh, it's wild. It, it is just such a silly. And then you look, it just kind of it just kind of finds its way back to a stasis around the middle. Even though it's funny, it's a these are mean projections, but at the same time, like you know who's who's picking eighteenth. You know, that's just not a quarterback spot. With a lot of these, you have to look at this as more of a, especially with, with players like that where it's a quarterback, like he's not likely to go there. I mean, there can always be trades, but it is it is more of an indication of like the market in general or the not the market, more of the the mock draft, the, uh, in, the, the, the mock draft yeah, the market, mock, right? The, yeah, mark, the mock draft sentiment, the mind hive, yes, <laughs> the mock yeah, draft right. mind hive. Um, okay, so uh, Walker going number one would be fun, would be super fun because that was yes, one of the would. few few bets that I was able to get decent size action on. Um, interestingly mm-hmm. enough, uh, our friends in the Caribbean, uh, I guess really Central America, um, had plus 350 for Walker to go number one, um, and they were taking big to win. And they and were allowing rebets, <laughs> and and they didn't move the number. Uh, Andy was doing it too, as far as I could tell you. I don't think we were even the yeah, only. Yeah, we two we were not this. making. We were we we thought we were about to crack a walnut. Instead, we hit Mount Everest for that you know a rock pick. Yeah, like nothing and, nothing and happened. It that actually honestly scared me from other from otherwise betting more, um, yeah. because they didn't blink. They didn't you know multiple people max betting Walker won when we heard. Yeah, we text uh, yeah, each other. Like, did we, you just because I texted you, I bet it and it didn't move at all, or didn't even nothing else moved, which yeah. I'm not, it, it's not like you know, uh, they're not taking thousands and thousands on this. But so I text you, I said, Did you bet it too? He's like, Yeah, it didn't blink. I'm gonna do it again, which I do think it kind of comes back to that uh, Thibodeau yesterday movement where. And Andy, you've like harped on this for years where it's like not an efficient market where like the line movement actually like doesn't like does it even matter because like you can bet $50 and do line X and it might move the line where the Thibodeau yesterday was like sketchy because he was getting steamed at number two where like you would think it number one would move as well because if Kayvon's going to everyone's assuming that the Lions aren't going to pass on Hutchinson. So his number one odds should be going up at the same time, which they were not. And then today, Walker odds came down even more. And the Thibodeau line move is just, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, maybe it was like Kanish, like betting Thibodeau himself, but like it could have just been like one person. Yeah, like, sure. Just moving him. It, yeah. 
that's like the misconception of draft movement. Let me ask you about that, Thibodeau. We I, I don't have confirmation that it was Kanish or his group or any group <laughs> in particular, but I, I, that's a fine kind of placeholder mentally. Um, do you think that was informed knowing Walker was going to go number one or was that completely disconnected? Because, uh, you know, I, presumably I've heard people say this almost quoting them word for word. If Hutchinson is available at 2.0, there's a 99.9% chance uh, Detroit takes him. Do you not subscribe to that? Like, I, like Amico was like losing his mind yesterday as like, t- like Thibodeau is getting steamed. We're like, I right as of right now, I have zero worries over it. like that movement. Like, just knowing how sensitive it is, like the connections or whatever it is. Like, if Hutchinson's at number two, like right now to me, like he's going number two. Uh, okay, like, but so then let's assume though that it was somewhat informed, and that it was maybe maybe it was someone who is like you know what if we're assuming Hutchinson goes one. That's um, that's what I'm saying. I'm not sold. Yeah, people aren't sold that Walker position. wasn't going to go too, uh, to Detroit. That it would be Thibodeau because he's maybe you know yeah, that even though there's weird weird quotes from the specifically from the Lions coach about how he didn't like Thibodeau's right. attitude or whatever. But um, you know that Thibodeau to me seems like a decent underbet at this time. Um, your you know your summary here is has him landing almost entirely within the top four which makes total sense because the Jets seem like they are a perfect fit at number four to take an elite pass rusher if available. Um, And really the only thing I can see uh, preventing that would be if he's not there, (laughs) if he was taking it two, if he was taking it three. Um, And so I guess this is one of my favorite types of bets in the draft, a Thibodeau under at five and a half, because I feel like we have a pretty solid backstop at four um with right, only which, with only uncertainty to the upside do you agree with that it, it's pretty i'm on over four and a half on Thibodeau, <clears throat> which i regret um right okay. now at five and a half it's like 86 percent of the mocks that i track are on the under four and a half it doesn't change much which i would not bet the over if i could do it again um i definitely bet the under where but like, do you believe in like the whole like smoke? Like, are teams like actively blowing smoke so that like let's say the whole like Thibodeau's character issues or like so that he falls to the Jets? Let's just say and someone leaks that. Are you buying into that narrative? There are teams that I it do happens. think do that. The Jets are not one of those. No, um, the Jets aren't smart enough to do that. But no, I mean, that's not they, it. That's not it. That's a um, that's an unfair podcast. They, they just that's, no. That, they that's, just, they don't. They don't. Shots. They don't act that way. But uh, but I but but smoke is real absolutely real i don't think it is intended to drive player falling though because there's a double-edged sword there like if you if you completely poison the well on a player's you know the public perception of a given player because whatever you said in the process and then you take that guy like now your fan base is already like ready to riot if he turns out to be a bust which is a non-zero chance right and so there's a little bit of a you know it's a dangerous game to play that to try to hope a guy will fall by slandering him Uh, i think much more of the smoke is designed to either prevent keep keep people from trading keep people from trading or entice a trade 
right? Yeah. Like if you have exactly. a guy that like like if the Jets were out there slandering Thibodeau, it's because like they think he could fall to them at four and they're worried about somebody right. trading up or or like okay, so they wouldn't slander Thibodeau. They just wouldn't they would be like, We're we're doing our due diligence on Jermaine Johnson and you know the next couple of guys right oh you know here, here's a great here's a here's a great example there was smoke this week that the giants were really they were solid on charles cross like they they really they felt great about charles cross really solid on that right, right? which is all share right and that to me seems like smoke to keep someone from that's the moving way up into the six spot yeah. or yeah. the or the four spot or whatever to take one of the elite tackles who's better than Charles Cross, and everyone agrees. Or, or, right? or Drew, you, so you're right. You don't say something negative about someone you like. Yeah. The other way, Femi brings this up in the chat. You can do it, but you don't do it. You let the media do it. Like you can right. leak, you can leak something, and then, and then you can just be like, "We didn't say that." Like, I don't know where that's coming from, and. It's funny. And you talk about the backs, like just going to tips too, because I had a little point on this was like the double New York spot there with Jets Giants. I get that like the Giants are really linked to probably a lineman there. But if it goes, if it goes in a funny order and, you know, we, we end up with like some sort of situation where like Neil, Aquanu, and Cross are off the board because something odd happened or even just two out of the three are off the board and they're not in love with the third one. Like the giants going Thibodeau isn't horrible. Oh, like they have so many, no, they have course. so many needs and no, the giants, and the giants defensive this, line is definitely one for sure. Irrespective of how the top 10 plays out. I think the giants win this draft. Like that's, you can almost count on that because they five and seven good players dropping their goddamn lap. Yeah. yeah they're going to have, right. There are only about eight elite players in this draft and they are going to get two of them. <laughs> so have, the Giants should win. And they have like the Panthers being in between them, like really like their interests from what we know right now aren't the same as the Giants, where yeah, right. every team that says that they're shopping a trade, like if I, you could bet like yes or no on like this team trades, like if it comes out that team is shopping like the Jags are looking to shop this pick, like it never gets traded. Cause like those teams, it's just getting out there. So someone I guess takes the bait, but if the Panthers do trade, that's how the Giants might get screwed. Where Jamison is like the hottest name on right now, where everyone's saying, "Oh, Jamison's going to get traded up to six or seven or whatever it is." Where there's probably a lot of scenarios that we have absolutely no idea. Where there's game theory on who the Giants first. Where I think Gardner's going three, which definitely makes them take a tackle. Well, man, it's a pretzel. <laughs> I know it, well, what, no, what, if it goes if it goes D line. So yeah, if you go D line, D line. Let's say it's Walker, Hutch, one, two, and then Sauce. Then so, the Jet, the Jets are obviously in the catbird seat. They can do whatever the hell they, they want. Get they get go. They, they, they go. They go. Well, what if what if it's Tibbs and Hutch is falling? Like they take whichever defensive lineman whichever isn't guy taken slides, already. Right. Yeah, wh whichever edge guy is sitting there for them, or they can go. They could go corner, you know, if, you know, if sauce is sliding, they can go sauce there. Like the Jets are probably in a good spot too. The 10th pick isn't as sexy as the Giants' seventh, obviously, but 
Like the Jets four can't miss almost. Like I mean, they're, they're gonna find someone. And the Jets pick, it's like because we're like Connor Hughes is their beat writer, who's probably one of the more dialed in beat writers across the league. And yeah, he sure. has been like not gonna be Gardner. They are not picking Gardner where at this point it's almost like it's a hill he's willing to die on. Then all the mocks have fibs. And then Jeremiah, who is like the Jets plug in the media, has been pr- like implying wide receiver. We're like, do you take wide receiver at four because you want to get this guy and then hope like someone like Jermaine falls to 10? Like, it's not fibs. It's like, that's gonna, risky. That is a <laughs> yeah. No, so I just said the risky. Jets can't screw this up. If they take a wide receiver at four, maybe they can. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 100% agree with that. Uh, I think that seems that like that rough. seems like smoke to me. Um, I, I guess my, 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 my quasi-informed opinion is that three of the top four picks will be edge rushers. Hutchinson, Walker, and yep. and uh, Tibbs will be gone before you get to pick five. And I think, I think the – and honestly, the Giants win because the Giants need an elite tackle, and one of Icky or Neil will fall to them. And I think that's huge. And even if it doesn't play that way – They've already sold their fan base on we're happy with Cross. So that's, they can, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, like, yeah, I think right. they, yeah. and not I don't think they just sold their fan base. I think they They've would be happy. Yeah. They, they would be happy. I think, <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't think it's a wrong opinion. They would be happy with Cross, they're, but they're probably going to get someone even better. Yeah. Cross is probably going to be fine. He'll probably be a very serviceable tackle. He, his only negatives are literally that he plays in an air raid system. And that's kind of, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know that that's a fair criticism. Um, okay. So, He's got all the measurables, at least, so he's probably going to be a fine pro. Um, the wide receiver question mark is fun and interesting to talk about because I agree with you. That is where the draft, at this point at least, well, the That's two the two things that are interesting to talk about among the draft spaces, what order do the wide receivers go? When do they go? How many go in the first round? And, I mean, honestly, like there's been pretty massive steam on over five and a half wide receivers i think we know there are five very solid and the sixth is a little bit of a coin flip um you you mentioned and you've already brought up already the um the idea of uh somebody potentially trading up to get jameson williams uh is it the general mind you know the the nfl mind hive as best you can tell everybody agrees that jameson is the best wide receiver in this class it's just a matter of how much availability you'll get out of him this year and what that does to the other parts of your program in terms of development so like the wide receivers is like that's like the one position where my bias like does affect me where like wilson like i just i don't see it in him but we have jameson who's like the hottest name in the draft right right now where like london two weeks ago was the hottest name and he's lost all momentum and it's all Jamison's now where he is five months removed from an ACL and he's like top 10 pick most likely where yeah. let's say he didn't tear the ACL like who knows how high he could be on right now like he's like my bona fide top guy that should be going where the rumors are saying he's going but London feels like he's falling Wilson just like every media guy is like pushing Wilson as the number one wide receiver where like Jeremiah has him at four. Like he just did a, like a, one of those mocks where like you go back and forth with like some beast YouTuber and he, Jeremiah put him at four. Burks is like, he's just like all of his like 
40s or what relative athletic score is like awful. I just don't see it. Jameson, Doxson, Pickens, and who's the other guy? More. Olaf. I mean, Olaf. I like those I mean, for the most. Olaf, yeah. I, I think in just the, the, the bedrock of the question, like five are going. Like the, there's just, it just doesn't seem like there's a way for any of those five to drop out. I mean, there could be some wacky news in the next. Well, there's so many teams at the end that need. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, even I think they go before you get to the end. I think, I think you hit, I mean, you hit the Packers first pick. And uh, so the Packers have five gone. Packers have 22 and 28. One of those has to be a wide receiver, I would think. But then, I mean, you get to the spot where. Let's uh, just go down the list. Let's just, yeah, I mean, the, the walks are London. The KC picks. Yeah. London, Burks, Wilson, Jameson, and Olaf are five, like, guaranteed. Most likely, most likely, Doxson. Dotson, Watson, Moore, and I had a rhyme for this. Dotson, <laughs> Watson, Moore, and Pickens. Like, all four of those guys I could see ending up, like, as a chief. And then Pickens and Sky Moore are, like, less likely than likely, but possible, where – McGinn kind of just like destroyed Pickens in his like rankings yeah, that came out today, and then Jeremiah did too. Yeah, uh, over like character where Pickens is an absolute baller. Like that guy is. <laughs> like if you just watch him, like he is catching. It. He's like Debo. Like when he gets the ball, he just has no fear. Like it's just, which is an unquantifiable trait that I value a lot. But okay, so. um but yeah, the Cardinals too. The Cardinals when I look at the teams in the top ten, when I, when I look at the teams in the top ten, I completely get why there's Jameson Williams team. None of these teams are going to compete for anything next year. Who cares if your wide receiver is not available in the first six weeks of the season? Like literally, like if people people. I don't are know about the chess, well, so like, this is this is the thing. Let me let me let me posit this and see if this holds any water for you. Um, Jets connected to Garrett Wilson strongly. Through Daniel Jeremiah, um, I don't think they need to rush and take him at four. He'll be available for them at ten. In but, my opinion, yeah, I don't to cut you off, but yeah, I ahead. totally disagree. I disagree with you. Like the like, if you have a young QB, like you can't wait. Where the teams that wait, like you need to figure out whether Wilson is your guy or not. Like you can lose and still understand on whether he is the future. Or like taking Jameson isn't helping Wilson. Or like you need to figure out whether Wilson's a guy this year, at least in my yeah. opinion. Uh, is Jay, when, is when have we Jameson seen a young quarterback team, I mean, get paired up with a – I mean, when's the last time you saw a young quarterback in year two get paired up with a stud wide receiver and it work? Well, yeah, last year. <laughs> last year with uh, Burrow. Burrow, Chase. Here's the thing, though. Like, yes, you bring Chase in and Burrow explodes and you know you got your guy. I get that that's the perfect situation. I don't think anyone thinks Garrett Wilson is that quality, you know, that he's good enough to elevate the play of, uh, of, you know, of a guy like Zach Wilson. And honestly, Wilson's super young. I don't know that the jets are really in that much of a rush. The AFC is crazy crowded anyway. So I don't think the jets realistically think they're winning more than four games as it is. I don't know that any of those guys really feel like they're on the hot seat. Um, so they may have patience with Wilson and give him a third year, which makes I'm um, guy like, you know, to, yeah. 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 And, and then the other thing I'll add is that's fair. Touche. You won. If you may get enough information on Zach Wilson not being the guy 
without Jameson, you know, without a, 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 a premier wide receiver in this class. Right. And you're better off in that scenario because then you're picking at the top of the draft next year instead of in the middle of the draft next year. Right. Like that's kind of one of the funny things that has gone on about like, like, you know, we've seen the Cardinals already do it in our lifetimes recently where they went quarterback and then right back to the well with forced first round quarterback because of where they were. Um, we've we'll also seen it. We've also seen it. The Jags drafted a no doubter in Trevor Lawrence last year. Where are they picking this year? 1.01. Yeah, like if you if you draft and start a young quarterback, you are probably going to be picking at the top of the draft the following year which means you're going to have a crack at a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud or whoever you want uh, next year. And so I think I don't think it's crazy if the Jets come into this and say, long term, Jameson Williams is the best player in this draft. We're just going to take him at 10 if he's there at 10. Uh, oh, and oh, if yeah. he's not, then they then they take Garrett Wilson and they're fine with right. that. Right. But I don't I don't know that their decision making ought to be. And this isn't this isn't to say it won't be. Like for all we know, they've they've already kind of gone way down the rabbit hole themselves. With we need to be evaluating this guy this year. All of our jobs depend on it. Um, but you know, if that's if that's actually the way it's going down, they're they're making a mistake in my opinion. But you know, it's the Jets. It wouldn't be the first mistake they've made. That's a, and that's I don't like getting into trade talk because it's <laughs> so speculative. But like the move for the Jets is to trade out, like keep your four unless you get a godfather offer, but yes. trading out of that 10 to like the middle being able to take, like, you know, I guess there's the JMO steam is there, but getting Wilson at like 14, 15 trade with one of the bird teams. But yeah, I, I still like, I get the steam. I don't think the wide receiver market is like bettable right now. Cause in yeah. what, in what world would the, like, there's so many guys that are in that borderline first round market ability right now. And there's so many teams near the end of the draft that could use a wide receiver and they're good enough teams where they can right. take some stabs on some guys. I like, like even at a big number, I could never bet the under. And then the over is just so juiced out at this well, point. I think okay. Femi, on the Femi day, on day, up, on day of though, there's on day of, are you unloading it? Yeah, there will be matchups. See, time. that's, that's but, where I want to bet. I want to bet. Well, wide well, receiver versus Andy, wide let me receiver. ask you though, on day of, are you going to unload credit, unload stale bankroll on over five and a half wide receivers? If it's in the minus 300 range. Is that where it is right now? I thought it was higher. Minus 300 right now. It's pretty high. I thought it was like 500. I might, I'm, bet, I might, I I'm might seeing, bet minus 300. I'm seeing 328 right now at Chris. I'm seeing. I mean, the Debo trade, I don't think is happening. Like, But like if Debo does get traded, draft. like that would definitely like. Yeah, sure. That would that would throw some cold water on. But we don't think that's realistically happening. Depend, right? Depends where he goes. The, the bet I did want to make again was. Yeah. Um, even with the Jam Jamison steam. Like, Sorry, baby. Drake London, top pit, top wide receiver, is something I'm still eyeing, just based on who likes him. So well, I, I might just stay away from. A let's lot not of throw it. cold water on all our friends who have James standing as wide receiver at like 10, 25 to one or whatever insane numbers they get. I will, I will say Ben Standig, who's like up there for me on like his mocks and everything, where he's. I can't knock on the Redskins still. Uh, the Commanders. I think he's the beat writer. He's been like, whatever they are. He's been like hard on London. Like Standig has been 
up until this week, he's been like, London is going to be the pick if XYZ's not there, which they probably I, won't. Yeah, that that that's fine by me. I, I've heard similar stuff from people in the in the DMV um, about London being high, Wilson being high for them. One of and, those guys probably is going to be there to love this for them. I and think. they're also close. Like, the receivers are like, they're just not, they're all so close in terms of being like great that one team could have one guy over another and they're going to go London. Who knows? But yeah. Um, one more just kind of general draft comment that I'd like your guys' reaction on. Um, I can't even – I've listened to a lot of content out there. Most of it's just people who are kind of grinding through their mocks and what they're losing information and stuff. And um, there is a sentiment when the Panthers come up that, uh, well, they're going to take a quarterback because there's pressure to win now. Or they're not going to take a quarterback because there's pressure to win now. And if you get a rookie in there, then you, you know, or some some kind of sentiment along the lines of rule is under pressure to win. This I I had this I, conversation <laughs> yesterday, Drew, with the on on a podcast. I did a podcast yesterday. This question came yeah. up. I got we, news we, for you. We went. He's under no pressure. He's got two feet out the fucking door. Yeah, we, we went round, <laughs> like that, yeah, that I went round and round with this. Yes. And I said, I, I don't think he, like, there's no way to save. Like, the way to save your <laughs> yes. job is to draft a young quarterback. And, like, good luck selling that. Like, I get, like, if he if he had total autonomy, I would pencil in Malik Willis to the Panthers right now. Sure. But sure. he doesn't. Or Kenny Pickett or whoever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. QBX Pen- doesn't pencil, matter. Pencil in a quarterback. But yeah. So yeah, since he doesn't, and that, that GM is likely going to keep his job, yeah. like that, <laughs> yes. that GM wants the team to be better long-term. Like, you, there's a lot. They have the 31st best offensive line. Like, they <laughs> yeah. need to take an offensive lineman. <laughs> and, and I asked Brinson about this because he's from the area. I said, like, is that a double win if it's if you get to take a local it? guy? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, I'm staying so far away from any of these quarterbacks, which I'm like so sick of like here. Every <laughs> every show is like, let's talk about these two quarterbacks that just sort of like, eh, where like I can't, you can't bet them. Like they're over-unders. It's like 12 and a half on Pickett. I think Malik's like nine and a half where like both of them could t- go in the 20s. Who knows? But like you I, can't bet them because of desperation, yeah. you can't predict on a position that teams make a logical and irrational decisions on. I think everyone that's, I think there's, I see. So, this is the thing. If you take the idea that the Panthers are a desperate team out of the picture, then I don't know that there is a desperate team, which makes the likelihood of a free fall into the 20s higher. And I think, at, honestly, that makes like a Ritter first quarterback or even a Corral. Who the hell knows? Like somebody in the 20s is probably picking your first quarterback. It, you know, there's, you know, going back to Andy's point about, Last year, the Steelers Powell, were Powell's extremely 25. transparent about uh, uh, taking um, Najee Harris uh, as RB1. Um, you know, there's a decent connection between them and Willis, and I could see that, but I don't know how strong that is. And they have kicked the tires on all three of these guys, Ritter, uh, you know, Pickett and Willis. So, you know, I think that's probably the first quarterback off the board of Pittsburgh. And who exactly it is, I think, is anyone's guess, which makes betting into a market where Willis is or or Pickett is minus one fifty seems insane to me. Uh, and I don't mind taking a flyer on Ritter. Um, I, if, I have if you a had theory. a free bet that had to go into the quarterback market, what are you betting, Andy? It would be Howell twenty five to one first quarterback. There's wow. there's no there there's been wow light connections between him and New Orleans. And it's tough for them to use that pick, but they have a couple. 
And even even if they did it at 19, because yeah. I, I think like you're sitting there looking, all right, like I, I got to wait one more pick and then the Steelers might take a quarterback. And if the Saints don't end up getting the wide receiver they want or a few other things don't work out, maybe maybe it's how I, I don't it's it should probably be a bigger number. But I've looked at a few a few different prices on quarterback and I keep coming back to a weird Howell connection with the Bayou. Which like Howell is like I I group chat with a bunch of buddies who were like starting the draft talk and like Howell was the first over under that I like wanted that I was hoping would become available to bet the over. I was like if Howell pops first, like he he is a name brand, he's a quarterback, we might get it early, like sirens. Like yep. let me know. Yeah, okay. Uh well let me ask you, okay, so I, I'll Andy's throwing his his free bet on on Howell twenty five to one. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Ritter at uh, plus eight fifty here right now while we're live. I'm gonna take this because I, I can I, get a ten. I, you know what? I'll, I'll raise you. Can you. Get okay. What else? Do you, what do you guys got? I would. Uh, which the odds are different. What about Titans first pick quarterback? What are those? See, that's where I like him. I like him to the Titans. Yeah. I got that. I mean, I hate. Oh, I got this. I got that. Like you say a bet, and then someone like raises you with like better odds than what you can get right now. Um, <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I got there's no, ten. That's, 10 on Ritter is where I'm That's looking fun. right now at uh, sportsbet.ag. I can't bet there. so It, it opened at like 33 to 1, quarterback to the Titans, which now I don't even know what it is. I think it's like 8 to 1 now, which I'd still. I think that's a fair bet. I think that's a good play. Um, they seem like the, exactly the type of team that's going to take a quarterback. In. And honestly, I think the Bills are alive to trade out of their pick in front of the Titans because everybody knows that the Titans are alive to pick that quarterback, right? Talking so trades. Yeah, talking some trades. VR, let me ask your ex- expert opinion. If I have uh, unload my credit type of bet on the day before the draft, am I better off betting over five and a half wide receivers at minus 350? Or under three and a half quarterbacks at minus three fifty. Over five and a half. Yeah, easy. Interesting. Interesting. You think there's I mean, a chance in hell four quarterbacks get picked in the round one? I I, I just think was, we have a way. I, I didn't bet it yesterday. There was a minus two ten on that under three and a half the other day. I mean, Andy and I just said he wanted to bet how like. Andy wants Howell in the first round. Like we just have no idea with the quarterbacks. At least with the wide receivers, we have like an understanding of like who's gonna go and we can get to like seven or eight in the first round. Where the quarterbacks just have no idea. You think if I go under two under three and a half at minus two fifty that I am miserably sweating the end of round one. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I, mean, I would I, I, the, I have like you'd, you'd be sweat you'd be sweating a trade because you're going, I mean, there's a stretch there that goes Tampa, Green Bay, KC, KC, Cincy. Like, and those teams those have two are, picks, which are going to be yeah. more tradable when you have two. Those, those, you know, all those picks, we do tend to see some trades in and that lines. stretch. But to 32. those teams aren't taking quarterbacks. Of course, we probably said that about the Packers one year. I mean, uh, the Lions could take Corral at 32 and you lose on the last pick of the first round is like an awful beat. So 
Okay. All right. I'm making mental notes. I think this all sounds fair. And I think it is a less, it's a more enjoyable sweat on wide receivers over because you have five in pocket by pick 22. And then you just need one more. Um, it's a fun, it's a more fun sweat too. Like, yeah, I, I would the overall going to the podium hoping they don't say a name is like way less fun than like not saying a name for me. Um, okay. The, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the, um, uh, the other kind of general positional, you know, the I guess let me just kind of run through the the over unders that are available right now on Chris, where that's the best liquidity I can get at this moment um, on some of these, and give you my gut on high. You know, I, I I'm leaning under, I'm leaning over, or this is an obvious pass, and you can grade my opinions uh, as a uh, as an as an aficionado of the space. Does that sound sound cool? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Icky is three and a half. It's four and uh, a half. Well, I'm looking at three and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with, I'm leaning over there, but this is a pass. Over You're is on minus 165. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I need price before we can. Minus 165 to the over for Icky, pass. But that's my lean to the over. Pass, but lean over. Okay. Pass. Uh, yeah. To, to your, this, if you bet that to the ender, you're being too cute, expecting that you know what the Texans want to do with that third pick. You don't know. Texans, <laughs> Texans probably Texans don't have an idea. may not yet. know. <laughs> better off just betting like number three pick odds. Whatever yeah. Those are. Yeah. Good point. Um, Thibodeau is under five and a half right now there at minus 280. That is a smash under. Uh, as I mentioned, I think that is pr- true probability is probably closer to 95% that he goes in the top four. And if he does slide to five, then he, the Giants probably strongly consider it. Um, I don't agree with that one. You think Thibodeau still could slide? Like, I don't think, like, like, I think there's a very good chance he's going under, but at that price, like, I still think there is enough that he could slide. Where uh, is this smoke on the character? Like, was the character issues real and now it's smoke that it's not like who knows, but I think I was, I was going to say that the other book that you can't bet at drew has minus one ninety. So shop around on that. Like if you can find something close to, you know, laying $2, it's a hard it's pass. Pro- for me. It's probably a bet there. Like once you get up towards three, that's a little harder. Okay. For, of a sell for me. I'm um, also biased. Like it's like <laughs> every mock you read, oh, this is a good mock, this is a bad mock. Like the good mocks like align with your bets, the bad mocks like you lose everything. So that was a yeah. I see, I see, I see. Well, all of your mocks have Thibodeau in the two and four slot at this point, except for Law, who has him at eight. Um all right. So the uh this one is the one that's the real head scratcher that I can't understand why it's priced this way. Kyle Hamilton, ten and a half to the over is minus one thirty five. Shouldn't that be minus five hundred? A trillion. I mean, yeah. Kyle I mean, Hamilton have a realistic shot to go in the top ten. I I don't see it. Like I would bet that. Like I would bet that over. If you don't have it, I would bet that over now. So, I've seen people mock him. I've seen people mock him to Carolina. I think, but. Like Carolina and Seattle, I guess. Beaten? No way. But like, yeah, what? What? In what world is Carolina worried about a safety before an offensive lineman if there's one? Especially because this is a safety-rich draft, which means all the guys that would take a safety at the top of round one are going yeah. to target a safety at the top of round two. That well, is, and, a, This is and, a perfect and, draft for safety to slide out of the top 15. And then the same thing with Seattle. Like Seattle has a lot of other needs where they might take the best – if the best cornerback – 
is still available or maybe the second best cornerback or a defensive end at that point. Like Johnson, Johnson's not a terrible fit there either. So like the, the teams that make sense for them to, to maybe take a safety, it makes no sense. So yeah. I'm, uh, I'm with you on the over. The mocks, mocks are sending him to Washington right now with 11. A lot of people are as that's the best of that. That's the, the bull case is he goes to 11. And as we just talked, Washington has eyes for a wide receiver. I mean, if I'm opening up a mock right now and I'm seeing like Hamilton in like the top seven, I'm just like exiting out. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> this one's but trash. <laughs> Anthony Staggs actually, I was watching their show last week and he made like a really good point about like building around like the cover two and having a safety is like very important uh, for Lovey, where like 13 feels like to the Texans. Yeah. That would, like, does feel check like both that. Those I was going to say, I don't, I don't even Got see me. the the Washington. I don't see the match there. Like, I think he goes further. If he, he was favored. if something stupid doesn't happen and he goes at like nine, I think I think VR's right. Like, it falls probably even further down 13, 14. I mean, before all this, he was, it was like he was going to go number three to the Texans, which, like, let's just move back 10 spots and put him at number 13 to the same team. Yeah. 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 Evan Neal, three and a half minus three to the over. That's a pass. No thanks. Uh, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, over one and a half is down to plus 138. Uh, well, you, luckily, our, we already our, bet it. Our guest had it at what, plus 250 or something? Uh, is plus 138 still a plus EV bet for Hutchinson to slide out of 1.1? I would, yeah, definitely bet it. I think you're better off just taking like Walker number one at this point. Um, okay. But yeah. Okay. You're probably um, right. You can get a better price on Walker, even though it's right. other He's things only could sliding happen. Out Walker as of today. Okay. Um, it changes so much. Like, it is like a day to day thing where, like, over one and a half with, like, how volatile, like, the news is right now is, I would not fault anyone for taking that. Okay. Step. Okay. Um, the next to topic I have for you, and this is kind of the last kind of technical topic I have. And then, Andy, if you want to ask any other fun questions, we can wrap with that. Um, Cornerback is getting steamed to the under. Both Sauce Gardner and Stingley are hot, hot, hot properties right now, which to me, if you have the option of parlaying player props at FanDuel, makes for a fun under, under, under a third cornerback. Um, there, If there is a run on a given position, I can entirely see more than one of that position going earlier than expected. And if I'm seeing steam on sauce, if I'm seeing steam on Stingley and those two guys both go before expectation, they both go in the top 10, then all of a sudden a quarter cornerback hungry team in the, uh, let's say, They're all pulling seven, let's say, let's just say like the team picking 17th, we'll just throw out the chargers for sake of discussion purposes. Team picking 17th. Now two cornerbacks are gone. They may reach for a guy like McDuffie. Am I crazy? So I do not where like it, it became like Gardner going three, like started trending today, which they're like a week behind, but Gardner going three pulls Stingley down, which I think Stingley at seven is very realistic, which these cornerbacks going earlier is pulling everyone down or like McDuffie at 12. And then that's pulling everyone else from like second round to first round. But yeah, cornerback, there's going to be a run if, if a position is going to. Okay. Is McDuffie the third cornerback off the board in your opinion? Per the quote unquote experts. Yeah. But I would, yeah, I would agree. I'd like to see him 
somewhere around here locally. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a like, trouble. Like a, that's it's a trouble spot for Minnesota, and you're not going to get a great offensive lineman in this draft it without trading up. So I, I, I don't know, like so who's going to be available? Like your best offensive lineman after the top ones go panning. So like, like McDuffie's tra- trade back for Penning, or you take McDuffie at thirteen. Stingley was like last year. Every single mock in the entire world had Sertain at ten to the Cowboys. And he ended up going at nine. Where like Stingley is very perceptionally the same. Where everyone has had Stingley to the Vikings. Where now Gardner's moving up, Stingley's moving up after the pro day, and now McDuffie is following suit. Where I would say it's more likely McDuffie go to the Vikings than Stingley, which Stingley has been like hundred yeah. percent of the mocks. Okay, so let's the, the take people that nailed the Vikings look at last a, year, Let's look at a parlay of Sauce under, Stingley under, McDuffie under. You can get yeah. McDuffie add McDuffie under 17 and a half to that parlay, and you're looking at uh, in the plus 180 range, which is pretty nice. Basically, just there's going to be a run on corner well, and in you, the top you have the 17 t- picks of this draft. In the 17 plus you, know, you have a few other spots where you could end up, he could end up texting. He could end up. I mean, there's there's some other spots there for sure. McDuffie is one I'm to have very little interest in. Like eighteen and a half was like would be like the deal breaker for me with the Eagles, but Eagles still have that pick, right? Yeah. Which Lloyd is at eighteen too, where Eagles have never taken a linebacker. Lloyd's another guy who has like the widest ranges out of I think anyone in this entire draft. He's like anywhere from like nine to second round. Well, looking at your handy chart, the highest standard deviation is actually Kenny Pickett, who could go as high as six or as low as 32. <laughs> but second is right there, Lloyd. Uh, break, Lloyd, he, huge range, yeah. Pickett and whatever the other quarterback can uh, Willis, Tressel, yeah. Will They're, like, breaking the whole, like, conditional formatting aspect of, like, the color scheme. <laughs> where, like, they are so high that it makes – it ruins everything else. We have to uh, – I yeah. like how they make you mad because it ruins it ruins the color scheme on the, uh, <laughs> uh, on, on the, on the uh, you can't see any difference between the top ten guys. They're all green because thanks to Kenny Pickett. Like look um, at Pickett. Kenny Pickett, he does ruin it. Okay, so that it. okay. So so par, so basically doing a philosophical more. doing a philosophical cornerback run parlay makes sense. Yes, um, I think so. Andy, what and is your overall? Is your, I just uh, I just like the McDuffie out of the three. I like the McDuffie price the best. I, think I like the guys later up. though. I think the I think like those two, and then skipping McDuffie and going into the range of like, like Daxton Hill is getting a ton of momentum, which he's kind of getting trendy. Uh, Kyler Gordon, like those are the guys were that I would rather get involved with because when you get on McDuffie seventeen and a half, it kind of goes back to like you're really squeezing yourself in where you need it to go exactly. Yeah. Uh, you wonder if like Gardner doesn't go three, then McDuffie's Stingley might get pushed to 12. Then it really goes off the rails. Um, We, we, we were on wide receivers and I hate to just go back to wide receivers, but uh, opinion on the Burks one, because it's not like there's not much steam on this. It's sitting at 23 and a half. You that's, that's the half step between the Cowboys and the Cardinals. Cowboys have a lot of other different needs that I don't know if this is something, but you never know. Jarrah, like I don't understand why that didn't get some steam to the under with with Burks, with all the spots that he could end up going. And I guess uh, there are mocks that have him up a little farther, but man, I I feel like the Saints and Packers passing on 
him for like a lava. I, I don't know who likes a lava this much. But the there's like a few guys that just like really haven't moved this entire like month span. Yeah. Where Burks was like 24 and a half for like I want to say a minute or two on Caesars, which like that would be. I was pissed. I I missed a lave 22 and a half, and I missed Burks 24 and a half, which like would have been plays. But at 22, it's like you can make a case for the over and the under. I wouldn't say like 23 you have the Cardinals, which yeah, I got it. It's 23 and a half where I'm looking right now. Okay. Pretty, it's minus 110, minus 120 either side. So yeah, that's I don't, I don't know if I'm in love with it, but if, so many I think that's one. There. Yeah, that's one where if you hear anything on Traylon Burks, like it just feels like no, know where the best price is, so you can go bet it really quickly. Right. Okay, and it, it's just like a mush of like wide receiver, like Doxon, Burks, Olave, yeah. right in that range that we don't have team with teams big boards. That'd be fantastic. That could be different. Each team. Okay, so let me ask you then specifically two of your recent bets that are hot off the press here. Uh, George Karloftis over 17 and a half. You got it minus 130. Trey McBride under 63 and a half. You got minus 115. What was it that uh, got you to finally fire on these two? And uh, I guess being that these are later in the cycle, are these two of your more confident looks at this point? So McBride hit the came out probably like an hour ago or like two hours ago, which that was just like a bad number. Like that was really bad. Karloftis has been sitting there. I've been looking at him for, I want to say, a couple of weeks where I've just been looking for a tipping point to get me there. Where, like, reading within, like, the context of, like, mock drafts, like, Schrager does it a lot. Like, there are little, like, sentences that, like, kind of... I don't think they're doing it on purpose. But, like, you just... You pluck from it, and it, like, becomes a light bulb moment for me. <laughs> where Schrager gave Karloftis a range of, like, 20 to 40, which, like... Tw- he goes 20, that's a win. Four, like with that wide of a range all the way up to 40, there's like, all right, okay. Uh, and then, who was it? I think it was Zerline. Like, said something else. And, like, that totally got me on board. But right now, at 17 and a half, it was like a 71% of the mocks I had at the over. And then 18 and a half, it was 57%. Wow. And once you get to 20 or 21, it looks like it's going to get to 20. 21 it goes to 60 percent on the under wow okay so like that's when it flips which like one point is like it's it's crazy yeah well i i'll tell you this about Karloftis, and i agree with your sentiment uh he had a cycle one week where he got visits from a bunch of teams picking in the teens and then Teams like the Eagles traded out of those picks. <laughs> and teams yeah. like the Ravens, who are connected to Jeremiah, didn't ever really glow about them. Uh, and so basically, like anyone that was kind of interested in them in that range sort of shrugged their shoulders after seeing him. Yeah. And 18 and so is the same as that. Like 19 is like a dead zone. It's like putting like sauce at six and a half to the Panthers. Like Panthers aren't going to take sauce. But like 18 and 19 are like basically the same. Um, obviously, you'd rather have 18. But I wouldn't go. I would still bet it at 18 and a half. I wouldn't get much higher than that, just off of principle. But mm-hmm. McBride's at 50 now. Like that's <laughs> stuff I can't okay. really talk to him. Good job by you. <laughs> you moved the number of 18 spots. Was it oh no, 13 spots. That's good. Good job. Um, Andy, any final thoughts or comments here? And we can uh, let the uh, VR go and enjoy his evening. Dude, I could yeah, stay was... in here for hours. Like, I don't know if we have like <laughs> 
I have a lot more questions, but I also got to go. I got. I want to watch the end of this Celtics Nets game. This is yeah, it's instant classic. I don't know. Sometimes I start looking at, you know, the one maybe a life lesson here. The ones I start looking at is. Oh, it's it's the worst one, Drew. Um, the the one I would look at every year is like these um over SEC players or over Big Ten players, and there are some angles when it's like over two TCU player kind of things. But once you get to these ones where it's like ten and a half SEC players juiced to the over, you start counting, and you're like, yeah, I mean, like Neil's going for sure. And cross, obviously, and then you like Walker, and then you, you know, Stingley, but you just keep going down and you get through, you know, the Jordan Davis, Williams, all, all this Williams, you get down to, and you get to like 10. And then you're at the last six picks, and you look at that, and then you look at the first six picks in the next draft, and there's like three guys. And I, I it's, it's the same thing I've said about the last 10 picks in the draft of the first round, rather. So many times it's like, man, just so much shit happens. And there's so many guys who are so close on people's big boards. And it, it seems like every time I find one of these, it's like, well, the the next three guys who are available tomorrow are all, all sec players. Like it's just, they're it's all like going to get drafted. Yeah. It, it's, I, I think like avoiding those when they're uh, bigger numbers like that is a hundred percent for me now. Like it has to be something small where you're, you're basically banking on one player and you think it's a better price than their total. I agree. Like the positional props, I have no interest in, but like, and it's high for a reason, I guess. But like, if you have two guys dead, even on your board, it's like one guy's from the pac 12 and another guy's from the SEC from a team's perspective, like it does yeah. feel like the conference is going to be probably a deciding factor, but I've, I cannot agree more. Yeah, it's just like I, I looked at this one. It's like Dean, the Kobe Dean, the corner from Florida. But then you have like one and a half Mountain West players. It's like, oh, yeah. definitely gonna go over the George, like... the Georgia safety, um, a couple of the wide receivers, and then even like Matt Corral. Like, there's there's all these SEC player pickings who are like borderline one two. Or if it was like nine SEC players, that might be a thing. I don't know. Yeah. So avoiding those, maybe I'll just bet that under. Fuck. Maybe I told okay. myself. Uh, let me ask you a couple of fun questions um, to wrap up here. One. Uh, I, yeah, one I have a request first, actually. Yeah, so sure. now that I've popped my cherry live, like this was actually sure. a ton of fun. Sure. <laughs> I'll do another draft show. hundred percent. Oh yeah. Get, like, do a, a full on uh, handicap of one of the week. Let's get Brinson. Uh, just get Brinson. <laughs> Amico, just Brinson or Amico next week. Let's do it. Amico would be awesome. But... Just rapid fire, like last minute, boom, 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 boom. Oh, fire off some picks. All right, yeah, yeah, let's full day that. show. We'll figure it out. Uh, you know what, fun questions, two fun questions. For NBA you, draft. Yeah, you First, might be coming back this summer. Oh yeah, NBA draft, obviously. Yeah. Um. So two fun questions. First one, you kind of brought up. You could see Stingley going in the top ten. You, you saw us at three wouldn't shock you. What is one thing happening in the top ten that would genuinely surprise you? Uh, more than one trade. More than one trade. Okay, that's fair. Or actually, how about a, I don't want to say any trades. More than zero <laughs> trades. Like zero, like over than, over over a half trade. <laughs> more than one and a half trades. Over one and a half. I'm giving trades. myself a cushion, but yeah, I just in terms of like one player sneaking into the top ten that would surprise me. 
I mean, Hamilton, I guess. Um, yeah, that's a good Davis one. getting in the top 10 will not surprise me. Um, don't see it happening, but like that would be the biggest shocker that I would like be like, okay, totally get it. Yeah, no, Davis I agree with that. I think Davis is going to be a player. Somebody like, honestly, like the people who are connecting him to like the Ravens and like other potential playoff teams in the AFC, like that's scary. Like that kid's going to be an immediate impact in my opinion. I don't care if you can, can't play every down. He's a freaking ideal uh, piece for today's NFL in my opinion. Um, okay. Uh, last phone question. Yeah, for can you. I tell you, you're yeah. talking Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis. Yeah. I'd, I've seen one mock that had him going to the Chargers. Like, Jesus. Yeah, that'd be ideal. No, I don't know no. why they – I'm not sure why they're not more aggressive about this. They are apparently all in on cornerback, which, I, okay. I'm just saying, like, can you imagine that line then? Like, if he works out right away? that yeah. I mean, th- that's ideal for him. Yeah. For him as an individual. Like, oh, look at these ends I have. I can yeah. I can yeah. really ease into this. It's like, oh, you, need to, yeah. you need me to AFC? solve all your run through problems? Yeah. Are you drafting – Pass rushers or cornerbacks with like the quarterbacks in the AFC now? Or are you just saying like F defense? Let's just get more offense and let's try and outscore. Uh, boy, I mean, I don't know that I have like honestly like if if I'm looking at what I where I am currently with the Chargers, I think we need immediate impact guys, not cornerbacks. I don't think of cornerbacks as projects. Oh, so we now okay. <laughs> I just think of cornerbacks as projects. Like it's yeah, you may not get. Are. You may not get a ton of, and they they already have a project in Asante Samuel Jr. He looks like he could be a fine long term piece. Uh, I don't know why you pick another project at cornerback. Uh, I think you get a guy who's immediate impact when he's on the field, and that to me that's a guy like Davis. But he's probably not going to be available at seventeen, and they don't want to necessarily give up assets for a nose tackle. Yeah, that's where um, I didn't. I thought his stock was rising. Yeah, I'm, probably is, but he's got a hard floor at like Ravens, wherever that is, 13, 15, 14, pick 14. Um, anyway, um, so last final question for you. Uh, what is your preferred way to enjoy watching the draft? Ooh. Uh, by myself on the couch, sweating. I mean, I'm what? not the guy that's going to the bar and like cheering on everything for games or anything like Command Central. Okay. Do you, are you what? Which, which broadcast do you choose? I've been loyal to ESPN. <laughs> up until this this year like as everyone shits on mel kiper but that guy is like the godfather where i went to the nfl draft once stood in line for eight hours outside of radio city it was the reggie bush year oh, wow. i've been that was, a, yes, that was a killer year we found out that mario was we found out mario, mario williams too. was going number one in line and this was like before cell phones and like everything and like it was just awesome like everyone standing in line for eight hours was like totally on the same page of like loving the draft and i mean i was i don't even know i was my mom was there um standing in line with us but espn but now looking at the espn crew i think i'm gonna go back to abc okay. the abc crew i love herb street herb okay. street's awesome herb are street you gonna have it on are you gonna have it on mute or are you gonna uh are you gonna espn is like a second ahead analysis. of nfl network Femi called the tragedy porn broadcast. (laughs) Yeah, if something bad has happened to any of these prospects in life, you're gonna get a five minute biopic. I can't wait to find out everybody's mom who once did crack. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I don't think Kuiper's doing it this year, right? I I don't know. No, Kuiper, he's gonna be remote, uh, is what I remember because he's not Dax for some reason. Um, anyway, the um, uh, so last kill question Are you a spoilers? 
guy with oh. draft info like do you have the ben albright like twitter like page open and refreshing so you can find Dude. out 30 seconds before everybody else does or or like a good analyst <laughs> i turned i literally turned twitter off like the year that like Schefter was like tweeting out the picks before they came in like i was losing my mind where i'm very anti-notification for everything okay i'm checking a score that i have a bet on like i'm closing the app with the mindset of it's winning right now. And I'll, when I'm ready to reopen and check, like I'm a winner <laughs> up until I'm like checking again, where everything is shut down, especially for the draft. Cause I like, there's a lot of grinding going into this moment and like it getting spoiled is like the biggest. I hate the spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Same. Okay. Uh, final question then. Um, you said that, like... <laughs> well, these are, I mean, this is, this is a fun discussion. I think people in the, you can tell people in the chat even are interested in, in oh, and sure. everybody can. Yeah, they're all fun. Um, so I can't even read the chat. Is it popping? Oh, yeah. It might not be up for you. Click Sorry. comments. <laughs> I don't know that the guests can see the comments. It might just be us who are really? logged in. No, I mean, normally, comments. I, I mean, what are you, I really check like comments. Oh, yeah. No, no. They they are. Yeah. The comments tab has everybody's comments the oh, whole time. Nice. They've been chiming they've been chiming in. Been a lot of engagement. They've been talking shit. Yeah. Oh, hashtag, hashtag engage has been strong. Um, and now I forgot what my question was. Um, was you led with this is the last? Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. I, the other answers were very solid. So. No, those were good. I've oh, I, I don't did, know if I want to. I want to ask Drew. Would you I, ever yeah. want to go to a draft? Uh, well, uh, this would have been the one in Vegas. That would have been fun. Yeah, but I didn't really make an effort for it. I'm not Dude. going to Detroit. We're not going to Detroit. God, <laughs> Jesus. What is that? Sorry, Detroit. A wonderful city, I'm sure, but beautiful downtown. I've, been I've there. heard. Nice. <laughs> yep. I mean, it would be. I mean, going to the draft is like one of those experiences. I went with like three buddies. My mom, I was young. It was like doing it again wouldn't live up to the memory that I have going. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't, I wasn't sports betting back then. We're like having like, you're eating bologna for a month or not on the line. Yeah. Being there would be absolutely awesome. Oh, I like it. Okay. I, this was my Vegas last question. I, I remembered, I remember my last question now. And Keep in mind now, keep all of our friends who are doing content in space do not count, but we're putting in an, a, an all draft NBA, all, you know, starting five, all draft information team for this season. Like who's get who are you voting for awards? Like these guys absolutely crushed it. They have made the difference for me and my, my, you know, in, in, you know, who, who's, who's all NBA top draft analysts for you this season. I mean, so this is, and I'm going to, die on this hill but i am a big albright fan that guy has and every person i say that to like thinks i'm crazy That's the Andy reaction that guy yeah. has made me because i don't even know if he's a real reporter but that guy with now what is he more mount rushmore or he's helped you this year like is he is he 2022 uh, all draft okay so who's 2022 all draft though i mean this year it's like noonan we can't you can't call out our guys I would probably say Elliot, Christ, and Brinson so far. <laughs> but publicly, like there hasn't been like anything that's come out. It's gone off the rails like a week later. Like, and that, that's the nature of the beast, though. Like they, you know, the, the good ones are the ones who stay on top of it, and they know, like, hey, guess what? News has come out, and my mock draft is stale, and I'm gonna fix it. Like the guys who really take it seriously and keep like, those updated. We, we might have to throw Brinson off the mountain for that. But like, I mean, so I like three mock drafts last week. Like, yeah, as a hero. 
Like, what about like the what about like the Seahawks? What about like the Seahawks Nuggets guy? Oh, that guy. Yeah, that. Just that guy's all. He, that guy's all draft this year. He is he number all one pick, which <laughs> should probably give him a shout out. But Rob Statton, he just did a show with uh, who's the guy in Pro Football Network? Pauline, uh, Tony, Tony Pauline. Yeah. Pauline. Yeah. Like yeah. That guy. If we had one of him for every team, like this shit would be so easy. So Rob, <laughs> Rob Statton is like, go on his blog. Everyone listening, it is the most dialed in analysis. For the Seahawks, and then and some like other top five mock too. Yeah. Too. some other good, yeah, as well. Yeah, he's been solid. Okay, all right, that's good. Perfect, perfect way to end it. Congratulations to everybody who has done excellent draft content this year. It's been a fun, hard year to do it. We Dude, appreciate it. It's, been, a, it's been an exciting year. Like there hasn't been lulls. Like every day, there's something. That's what I've liked about this year. Do you know how bored I'd be if we didn't have the draft? Like, I know <laughs> the NBA sucks. Like. College basketball's over. Like you're saying that in the midst of an absolute classic, classic. I'm I'm sensing (laughs) the last 20 minutes. It's been like you've been rushing us off of this, then having a last question, (laughs) then rushing it on the last question. Yeah, you missed Dan. Dan uh, hit me in the Slack. He said over 1.5 more questions (laughs) asked by Drew. Two more questions. The alt total. No, this is like (laughs) (laughs) we hit it. The overhead. The overhead. Okay. Well, let's 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 put an actual bow on this. Thank you for your time. Where if you if you aren't already, uh, you can follow him on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle again? Uh, because people may not be following you. I don't think you your following is a little. uh, I'm gonna put his. I'll put his Twitter handle almost almost. Are you gonna have a party for six figures? You're getting real close. Follow that one too. Dude, right now I'm in a stage where like when I tweet, I like lose followers because like I'm not bringing any value to anyone because it's Twitter is a what have you done for me today yeah. area. Um, so we're going to be stuck here probably till August, but it's okay. All right. Well, follow him at Vegas Refund on Twitter. Great analysis on the draft. He said that he's was going on camera once he hits 100,000. And honestly, congratulations. Yeah. I think you did well. Uh, I had high hopes, but you exceeded my expectations. So well done. People Take are going to add, hey, just. People are going to ask us about the fucking spreadsheet. Is is that on your Twitter right now? Like, can people find that? I think that? that's his pinned tweet. I think it it's is. Pinned. The only reason it's yeah. locked is like, just suspect stuff that trying to block out something that can be very useful for others in many ways. But got it. Your spam filter is you as a human, which is hard. I understand. Um, like I had one guy with the William Hill email request access <laughs> a couple days ago. <laughs> what and are I, my odds? Because there's no odd screen for this. You like made he didn't get it accepted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is no odd screen, which is why I did this. Because yeah. there isn't. Which, if someone wants to invent one, that'd be great. But yeah, like which... no, no, don't, don't. <laughs> someone, someone, someone said it's locked. Yeah, re- request access. He'll he'll go through his damn email and give you. Access. Just use your burner, not your William Hill account. Like the William Hill guy, like got declined. But like everyone <laughs> yeah. else is getting. <laughs> access right away come to the party i love it well thank you for your service to the space and uh, best of luck on the draft uh, enjoy the sweat and if we can arrange something with a couple other all-time uh favorite draft people the we'll try to pull together the mount rushmore the all yeah. the all draft next next week if we can do it and uh that'll be fun as hell so enjoy the last week of the sweat all right later guys Odds that he books it? Oh, he booked it. Celtics just, just an absolute skull fucking in this fourth quarter. I don't just know a, if it's just a skull fucking. It is twenty three six, Andy. No, I'm 23. saying like uh, when a when a team scores six points.